This is going to be kind of like a roundabout story, but I promise it eventually goes somewhere. So I was talking to somebody about the correct way to eat an ice cream sandwich, which I don't know if we've covered on this show, but <laughs> did we? Have we? I don't think so. No. Okay. It's kind of one of my core, core beliefs, like, you know, functioning democracy and then ice cream sandwiches. So, so the, the correct way is with a knife and fork. So what? do not, do not at me. Monster. But no, it's, it's the only sensible way to do it. You don't get your fingers all dirty. You just, you, you'd get a steak knife and a fork. And I you bet you, it. I bet you eat your pizza with a fork and knife too, don't you? you I, I, I don't. That's one thing where, like, I don't, I don't judge people that much for that thing. Like, I, th- I think it is kind of a, a weird occurrence. But no, you, you eat. There are there are foods like tacos and pizza which are meant to be eaten with your hands, and you, it's just implied that it's going to be a little bit messy, and it's fine. It's like the people who, man, we're already we're already off track, and we're forty seconds in. The people who will um, take a napkin and, and pat down a slice of pizza. Have you ever encountered this? I mean, I, I'll, I'll do that occasionally. Mm, then just have different pizza. Well, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a sensible recommendation. I mean, if you're ordering pizza, which, you, which automatically as it comes to you is unacceptable, <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe switch it up. Um, but yes, yeah, so anyway, so ice cream sandwiches, when you, when you get your, um, coffee, ice cream and brownie ice cream sandwiches from the Trader Ooh. Joe's, we, we've covered this. This has been a chef special. I've yeah, implored that you we, buy them and I feel like you still haven't. I, so this is a safe space, right? Uh, for another 41 days. <laughs> I still haven't been to a Trader Joe's since the shutdown started. I I I offer I I have a very very reasonable delivery fee of one golden retriever, so I will, <laughs> I, will I will bring you um, some Iron Horse sparkling wine. I, I will I will give somebody. I feel like that's a service I should offer where somebody can just um, square cash me the total plus like enough for some uh, blue barn fries, and I will just buy them like a gift basket of all the best stuff at Trader Joe's. Like I will do the curation for that person. Blue Barn's open again, right? They were closed for a while. It is. I haven't. I haven't been back yet. Um, but yeah, they had a thing where they were closed. It's kind of like Suvla in um, in San Francisco, where they were closed for what it feels like way, especially for a restaurant where um, takeout is kind of by design, mm-hmm. where the the indoor dining restrictions weren't really a problem. But yeah. Anyway, so that is a service. I actually, I should, I should try to turn that into. Um, like some type of venture backed thing where I just go and shop for people at Trader Joe's, but only I, but, but it's not like a DoorDash style thing. It's a, I, I tell you what you need to eat. Seems like SoftBank's probably already invested in somebody doing that. I think Masayoshi son would, would give me some money for this. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll send him some, some ghost pepper, uh, potato chips and, and, and I don't think they have that in Japan. Anyway. So yeah, so, so knife and fork for ice cream sandwiches, which Ugh. so, Again, no, no ads, but it's it's the most effective way to do it, and I'll probably I'll probably make a YouTube video out of it one day because I'm thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna pretend like I'm an internet company in 2016. I'm gonna start pivoting to video. So, <laughs> um, but the person I was talking to mentioned that they once knew somebody who ate a uh, who used to always eat sub sandwiches horizontally. Oh, does that make sense oh, in a mental picture? Oh. 
Yeah, it, unfortunately, it's, 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 so, unfortunately so I, it does. It's very upsetting. So I like how viscerally upsetting it is immediately to you. Cause like it just, when I was told that I was like, it's, it's you, you jump past the confusion to anger real <laughs> fast. Like it, it was, I think it was only like uh, half a second for me to just be like upset. So wow. the reason why, so in, in, in the, in the, in the show document, I put just the emoji of a, of a pita. So it imagine it because like I didn't know I didn't know if horizontally was a word that would make sense of how to describe this, but it's kind of like a normal like a, and I've I've never understood the regional um, differences of like what side of the Mississippi you have to be on where it's called either uh, a sub sandwich, <laughs> a submarine sandwich, or a hoagie. I think a hoagie is an East Coast thing. It, sure they're all yeah, the same thing but right i think we we always just i don't know like i mean we grew up in the era of five dollar foot longs so maybe that's what it is but um yeah a sub sandwich eaten is normally eaten as though you are like eating like a baguette that's been cut in half well, actually that's probably basically what it is <laughs> but um so you're, yeah. I mean, you're describing a sub sandwich being eaten like an ear of corn yes that's hmm. that's better, but also I still don't think it captures the it makes essence it worse, of it. Though. <laughs> you know, because I kept thinking so, and I also put a note in here is that like yeah, because the two examples I had because I didn't know how I was gonna uh, explain it if horizontally didn't make sense, <laughs> which was uh, how you might eat a pita or a calzone, or in your case, an uncrustable that you cut in half. Ooh, mm, good good callback there. Gross, yeah, gross, super gross. <laughs> um. So yeah, so I guess the ultimate point of this roundabout story was to ask, do you know do you have any food habits or are you aware of anybody who eats food in a weird way and you don't have to name them but <sighs> hmm I got there's got to be something there's got to be something weird I do, I'm sure. I'm trying to think of like what that would be though. Well, I mean, I so I have a I have a um an unnamed family member who puts ketchup on everything like like literally like literally everything um how close um i have no opsec here okay so well okay so dude don't ever let me know who and don't ever let them hear this because <laughs> i'm gonna say some things so i don't i don't think they're a listener the well that's that's a shame <laughs> we, we, we won't unpack all of that but um, that's no good because, because again, one of my core rules is that if you need, if, if French fries need ketchup, you're eating the wrong French fries, similar to the, to the, the, the corollary I just had with your, um, patting down pizza habit, which yeah, you gotta, gotta put the kibosh on that. Does this mean ketchup on steak? Oh yeah. I mean, this, this means oh. ketchup just like, like on anything. No. Yeah. The, the lady friend and I had a. A related experience where we went to like a, a nicer steak place um this was years ago and the woman you know sitting behind us um ordered ordered a steak um like well, well done, done. <laughs> and the is it, the story gets a little complicated i mean not not to go off on a tangent here we we, we don't do that do we know on the show mm -hmm. <laughs> um the waiter kind of tried to talk her out of it, 
which uh, I don't know how to, I don't I don't particularly love that. Like I, I, I get think I get what you're saving doing. somebody from yourself. I think kind of maybe. I mean, it's very it's, adversarial and, and confrontational, but it's if if someone's coming to your restaurant and they're you know they're paying you for the privilege and they want to eat your food and they're paying you for said food, you know, they they can have it however they they want to. Like, like, like I, this guy was trying to like convince to her. Oh, if, but if he, I mean, if he just simply said, you know, Hey, you know, the chef really recommends like medium or whatever, um, that would have been fine. But he, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I remember this conversation dragging on for kind of an uncomfortably long period of time. Mm-hmm. And I did, it, it, yeah, it was kind of awkward. So wait, so. Did this somehow dovetail into ketchup, or was it just about weird, like just weird steak eating? Which one are you? Mm. <laughs> I don't really know. I just steak, maybe <laughs> steak and weird food things made me think of that story. But if if you hearken back to uh, old, uh, no, ops opsec reasons we can't. But um, yeah, I mean, sometimes you have to save people from themselves a little bit. There's a, there's a good way to, but. Yeah, because that's one of those things where you just can't, uh, if you like well done steak, then you don't like steak. Like I can just I can just go to the Seven Eleven and get you some beef jerky, right? <laughs> All right. I so I'm I'm still I'm trying to think of like what weird food things I do today. I mean, when I was a kid, I well, well, well actually, can I can I sure I I have this. I don't remember most things. As my, I will one day take a screenshot of OmniFocus for the show notes. It is very obvious I don't remember anything. But one thing that is still burned in my brain that's also really upsetting that comes from the show is when you suggested you would just eat uh, cellophane-wrapped craft Singles. I think oh, that's... Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. I don't think that counts because I, I thought of that one. But I think that is one of the most troubling things I've ever heard in my life. Well, so so I think actually that, that that's a that's a good um that's a, another good callback um and and connects to what I was just about to say, which is when I was a kid, like I mean it's it's common for little kids to be picky eaters, so I wasn't sure. unique necessarily in that way, but I was a really really picky eater, like to the point where so like every kid I wanted you know a happy meal whenever we would go to McDonald's. And I wouldn't eat the hamburger. All I wanted was, well, I wanted the toy. And then I wanted, I just, I just would eat the French fries. No hamburger. Like, I was a super picky eater as a kid. Did your parents ever explain to you that we can forego the toy and just get you more fries and reallocate the money <laughs> somewhere? I'm not sure you really reason with a five-year-old that way. I don't think you can make a, um, a cost, like a cost per unit type argument with them, but. So okay, so here here's actually okay. I've I've got a weird food thing from from when I was a kid. McDonald's is what made me think of it because that that's what it relates to. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you remember this, but we were I guess we were probably like in elementary school or something at the time when we were and, kids. Checks out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were never a kid, but correct. You know, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, McDonald's had this promotion for I don't know how long this went on, but for some period of time, where every Tuesday. They would do a throwback, their throwback Tuesday, I guess, um, <laughs> for where they would sell, I think it was hamburgers for like 15 cents a piece. 
and cheeseburgers for like 25 cents a piece. I don't remember this. This was every week. That feels like that would be like, this feels like that's maybe like a once a year thing. Well, I, I think what it was was that it would go on for some oh, number of like weeks. A, oh, gotcha. It's just like, it's like a McRib situation. Like it just would kind of come back every once in a while. And so we would, we'd go and we would just load up on these things. We'd have, you know, we'd, we'd buy enough for dinner that night and then we'd buy enough to have leftover. And so the leftovers, my preferred method to eat these was to, I, you know, for, for school lunches, I had like a, um, one of those little, um, lunch box things that you could like stick one of the, the, um, the ice packs in (laughs) so you you could Mm -hmm. keep your food cold. Yeah. You could pre sun. Yeah. So I, I just would stick a couple of McDonald's cheeseburgers in there and eat them eat them cold the next day for lunch and they were even better than when they were hot the night before well because <laughs> they weren't good when they were hot so that's <laughs> because i assume because because the happy meal was not the <clears throat> this was before mcdonald's tried to get fancy and they had like their their third pounders and they would try to be like oh yeah we're we're putting um what's the thing uh, I, I, I want to say something problematic, but they used to have like little, um, like deep fried, like Asian sesame. Like they had something where they, like they put some stuff that would normally just be tossed into like a, uh, Asian chicken salad style thing, but they would top a burger with it. Like McDonald's went through this weird phase where they, um, tried to have like high concept burgers. So like, I, I say that to point out that. early 1990s happy meals were not fancy at all they were the burger was literally like the minimum viable product of (laughs) um of what a hamburger could minimum sorry to make it for the show titles minimum viable hamburger (laughs) but yeah so the thing where it was literally something that could barely be just the least amount of wheat you could use to and preservatives to make a bun like a uh, a, a hamburger patty that was dry and was the size was the thickness of like four note cards and then it was just thrown in with the hot wheels <laughs> am i misremembering the 90s uh, no this all this all checks out you're the only thing you're omitting here is when mcdonald's tapped into the beanie baby craze and they started including the the miniature bb Benny. Jesus. <laughs> Miniature. Miniature BB-8. Be- <laughs> Beanie <laughs> babies in Happy Meals. And people, including my family, went kind of nuts for those for a while. Not to make this um, keep going, but do you remember that picture of the, um, the, couple, the couple getting a divorce and they're in court on the floor separating their Beanie Babies? No. So don't put this in the notes because this is, this is super fucking depressing. Yeah. I'll put this in the DM because it's, again, in terms of other things that are just burned in my brain, it's... Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't like this. I know. Because it was back in the thing where I don't know if it was in jest, but there was legitimate, like, Beanie Babies are valuable. Like, it wasn't even, like, just, like, a fringe thing. It was, like, commonplace that they're like, oh, yeah, they only make this many and then th- these are valuable. Right. I don't know how how do people do that? Why why can't Apple do that with with um 
solo cuffs or or whatever the thing's called. Oh, interesting. Yeah, when they come out with like a new Apple Watch band or something, it's mm-hmm. just, you know, hey, we're all, we're only making five thousand of these things. And that's or why it. don't they they why don't they do like a Willy Wonka thing with iPhones where like if you every one out of every fifty iPhones comes with enough iCloud space to actually back up the phone you just spend eleven hundred dollars on. I think they'd be much more likely to do something like where you can um, rent Apple Watch bands for a recurring monthly fee. Don't give them ideas. <laughs> that the, the, the problem with what you just said is that that has it's it's like what, what an ounce what, of truth to it. No, that's the, what's the expression where the best lies have like a tinge of truth to them. <laughs> that's what that is. You don't guess don't. We're close enough to Cupertino where where Tim or Tim probably lives in like Atherton or something, but he's he's. From his mansion, he he's listening to you, and he yeah, he's a big fan of the show. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think he canceled the subscription. Like, I think I I got pretty anti Apple as of a couple months ago. Okay, are you so, yeah. you're not anti Apple anymore? Oh, no, I still am. But okay. I mean, but I it took it took a turn when Apple started being real real cactusy. <laughs> All right, so e- eating a hoagie horizontally. Let's go back. That's, I'm still that's upset. that's. Mm. Because it doesn't make sense. Like, but but here's the thing. Like, it also eating a sub sandwich the way we normally do. That doesn't like it. There's no reason why. Like, it's just the way it's done. Like, it just eating something where, like, you're a whole like eating like three TiVo remotes rubber banded together. Like, that's not necessarily any less weird. Seems like eating a sub sandwich horizontally would be hard. I'm trying to even think like. Well, you definitely wouldn't buy a foot long then. No, you couldn't. Because I mean, like when you get down towards the end, I mean, you've just got like this long, slim <laughs> piece anyway. left. Anyway. Weird. Move. <laughs> anyway, so that's what that's what I got. All right. So. Uh, okay, I'm gonna. I had one other thing, but since we're actually on a, in a good mood right now, I'm going to push it till the middle of the show. So we, I will stick a pin in it. And then you will probably end up cutting it later. So let's talk about your. <laughs> I like how I like how you sort of are. I, I become Casey, and I don't want to become Casey. But it's like where he knows that Marco's going to edit out anything he cares about. <laughs> like, wait, let me go to the doc. Have you have you marked anything? Okay, nothing. No, 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 nothing, no edit nothing marked yet. yet. No. All right, but we will we'll put a pin in that. But you um, have some updates because you uh, there was a cliffhanger last week um, mm. on last week's show where. Um, You'd gotten a second, not the exact same product, but you'd gotten a second Harmony Hub style um, product and you were going to put it for your less used like kitchen slash living room TV. But you, we were confused or unsure of how that would functionally work with um, the Echo family of products. So as suspected, this is a Philips Hue situation where the the harmony skill like the Philips Hue skill for the lady in a can only supports one hub like when you link the skill to the lady in a can it only has the notion of being able to connect to a single hub um i don't know if that's just some overriding limitation with with echoes or or what what exactly the deal is but um, they're very similar in that way, which didn't come as a surprise when I started digging into this. But unlike Philips Hue, 
Logitech does offer a super duper half-assed, but nonetheless, um, a solution of some sort, which Philips Hue does not at all, where there is an additional um, echo skill creatively called Harmony Secondary Hub, <laughs> where if you enable this skill, it it basically is like a hack to make this work, where one of the neat things with the Harmony skill, which you would connect to your first hub, is that you don't have to use any sort of um, special phrasing. Because normally with skills, you have to say, you know, lady in a can, ask blank app or service to do something. One of the neat things with Harmony is that you can literally just say, hey, lady in a can, turn on the TV and not, you know, go, hey, ask Harmony to do whatever. Well, that's what this secondary hub skill does, is it basically creates almost just like a, a completely different set of commands where you have to go, lady in a can, ask Harmony to turn on the TV. And it knows when you use that phrasing that you're referring to this secondary hub that you've connected. Is there any way to, uh, it's like there a second like trigger word instead of ask Harmony or is that like, is that customizable or is that it? Well, so, so here's, here's the thing. So I have not installed this skill yet because I, I dug into this a little bit more. And there's a whole thing on Reddit and a few other places where people have come up with lots of different other ways to try to support this um, through like IFTTT integrations and all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, there's, I think there's even a couple of people who have gotten it to work where like if you ask the an echo that's in the same room as the TV that you want to turn on, it knows to turn on that particular TV, which would be really cool. Well, yeah, I mean, because, like, if you think about how this should work, like, that, that that was the question I originally had, where, like, let's say you're somebody who's all in on this lifestyle and you have, like, a five-bedroom house or something where you presumably have, like, three or four TVs, that it would be context-aware where you kind of link a hub to a specific Echo and be like, hey, commands for this, go to this. So I so I didn't know this was a feature, but I guess at some point Amazon rolled out support for that type of context-aware command for lights. So you can actually set it up in the Lady in a Can app to say, like, if, if you ask a particular Echo to turn on the lights, it will turn on the lights in that whatever room it's in. But lights are the only type of uh, product that Amazon has built support for. So I guess there are there are some people who have like come up with some way to trick an Echo to think that one of their TVs was a light or something cra crazy like that. Um, so anyway, what I'm saying is that I, I sort of have like a choice to make. I can either just enable this secondary hub skill and kind of go with this half-assed solution, which given how little I'm probably going to use this is is totally the right thing to do, but it's still just not a very satisfying solution. Or I can go down a, a rabbit hole and spend like 10 hours trying to figure out some other crazy solution 
which has like a 90% chance of not working and probably breaking my perfectly functioning existing harmony skill with my first hub. That that's a that's a really good point because that is one of the tr- issues with um and we actually let's put a pin in or we'll let's get back to the LG ThinQ or Think app in a sec but with the Alexa ecosystem like it, it there's no way to ever like back up your setup where it's it's like it's 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 very tenuous of how much you want to change where you just don't know where if you unlink a skill or you do something where the house of cards falls down. Well, that and and that was you know going back to my multi Philips Hue hub setup where I ended up buying that Hubitat thing and and doing that whole hack. Like the overriding kind of concern I had doing that was. I'm going to end up just breaking the whole setup where like my echoes just aren't going to be able to control any of my lights. <laughs> um, but I mean, fortunately that that's all surprisingly worked out really well. And I, I still kind of can't believe that works as well as it does. But um, anyway, so I, I haven't really decided. I also may just totally like not do any of this and just accept not having any of my echoes control that secondary TV, which is also which, probably which is fine a, because you, yeah. didn't you say like you, you kind of like the minimalist remote, like it, it's a very stripped down, down market version of the, the harmony elite or whatever it's called. But I mean, functionally, I mean, if you just want to turn it off and on and maybe switch the input to Apple TV. Oh, wait, no, well, that, you're using so built in Roku. That, that's, that's the thing is like it literally only has one thing. It has a TiVo mini connected to it and that's it. So it, it only has two activities. There's an activity to turn on the TiVo mini and, you know, set the, um, input on the Roku TV to HDMI one. And there's another activity that just turns on the Roku TV and brings you to like the Roku home screen and that's it. Mm-hmm. So, well, so with that, um, there's a new, there's a, a big update for iOS 14, uh, to the LG ThinQ or think app. Um, so this is gonna be different just cause I only have one, uh, ThinQ enabled product or think enabled product, but, um, they, Basically, well, one, when you first open the the Think app, it, it says, do you want to enable your, like, enroll yourself in robocalls, which is which is the dumbest first launch prompt I've ever seen in my life. It tells you to give yourself a nickname, and then it basically takes you into this weird app that looks like a, a recreation of the Apple Home app and has, I think, 60% of the pixels on this main screen of the app are dedicated to advertising, and only about 15% of them are to turn my air conditioner off and on again. Um, I'm still on iOS 13. So, uh, I've heard from you in the Slack that, um, the experience was maybe slightly worse if you were on iOS 14. So yeah, what's that about? Well, so the, for the first day that it was out, I got it to successfully launch the first time I opened it post update, but then every time subsequent to that, it would just instantly crash. (laughs) And so I went on to the app store and looked at some of the more recent reviews and it it was just full of people (laughs) complaining about the same thing. Um, but to LG's credit, they did put out an update yesterday, I think, um, which fixed that, um, as evidenced by the, uh, screenshot that I sent you. Uh, I I think, I think I've made reference to this on the show before, but like we've somehow like accidentally become like a, LG household and I've got like four different devices now hooked up through this Think app which I never would have expected. You don't have the kimchi refrigerator yet though. <laughs> um one quick 
response or rejoinder because of the screenshot. So uh, upper right quadrant, or actually no, it, it, it would be six slots, whatever the thing is. Uh, that that lends itself to the oldest joke in the world, which is, is your refrigerator running? Then you better go catch it. Was the the prank call joke everybody used? Oh, is I we were not we were generally not subject to prank calls. Were you? Every once in a while, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Uh. Okay. I think that brings us into uh the main docket or the core business. Oh, so this this first part, I'm going to tease this for next week because I want to make a video of this because I think it would lend itself because I I have yeah as, videos do videos do really well on an audio only no no but I'll I'll link it on <laughs> on on the the things and you can put it in the show notes um so that'll be ready for next week do you do you have a YouTube channel I do have a YouTube channel and really remember, do you post videos on there I do because you what, what remember, is it I have I'll send a link because you will remember we've talked about this where. I have a video that's oddly um, successful, which is <laughs> it's for um, the uh, I titled it MagSafe Power Adapter Introduction, and I have spliced into the middle of it uh, Jesse Pinkman yelling "Yeah, bitch!" magnets when Steve Jobs announces it. That's right, and it's got twenty six thousand views. Good for and you. I, actually, and I also um, well, fine. I will let you put this in the show notes. I also have a thing where um, I edited in uh, a sea otter drumming to Phil Collins. Did you put your? Um... I did not put the Mandalorian thing because I thought it would get it would get uh, taken down when I put uh, Michael Bublé over <laughs> um, the child. Is I've learned that that is what he's called and not Baby Yoda. It, yeah, D- Disney, they need to get off their high horse on that and just embrace calling him Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. But in the show, he is called the child. But mm-hmm. and he eats porgs. Uh, so, no, no spoilers for season two, man. Oh yeah, no, but it's, but it's Chewy that eats porgs, right? Uh, he, he yeah he did he did fry up a porg in one of the movies. That's true. Yeah. Um. All right. So yeah. So that's uh, teasing that for next week. But basically, what it will be about is a revolutionary new technology on how to uh eject the uh basket from your breville portafilter oh and it doesn't involve using it doesn't a butter involve knife. a butter knife and uh slicing your own hand <laughs> okay I'm, it's, I'm excited about that <laughs> mm-hmm. if i slice my hand in the next week that's your fault by the way it's a risk i'll take <laughs> <laughs> just just uh ask ask Ruma to clean up uh uh, it'll empty the thumb automatically. It's nice. All right. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't cut yourself with a butter knife. Um, uh, all right. So what are we doing? What do we got next? Um, okay. So you have, this is going to be entirely all you because I don't have a new watch. I don't have iOS 14 installed. And yeah, so I'm just put myself on mute for a bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I'm, I've, um, I've leaned in, Carlos, to the, um, the, the new, new iOS uh Operating system iOS fourteen. I have uh, well, I had installed WatchOS seven on my Watch Series five, and I'm I'm now the the proud owner of a Watch Series six, which of course also has Watch OS seven on it. Um, so I thought, yeah, I thought I would hit you just with some um, initial impressions from each OS and the new watch. So with iOS fourteen, I I thought that. 
I, I know we do this every week, but but on upgrade this week, I thought Jason and Mike, when they were talking about widgets and sort of all the new things you can do with organizing your home screen, I forget if it was Mike or Jason who first said this, but it was like they felt like there were probably things that like they should be doing in terms of like rethinking their home screen and like ways they could be using widgets, but they just like weren't really quite sure what they wanted to do. And as soon as they said that, I was like, yes, that that's exactly how I feel about the kind of new home screen customizations and specifically widgets where it does seem like there's a lot of really cool um, things that you can do with widgets and a lot of really great information that you can have immediately surfaced. But I also like don't really know if I like need any of that. Like I, I've actually found just in this first week of having iOS 14 installed that my favorite thing has like almost been the opposite, which is like I now only have one screen one screen of app icons. Everything else is just an app library. You know, anything that's not on that first screen, I just launch from the little search box that you can get by, you know, dragging down uh, on your home screen. And I've I've got some widgets on the 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 far left screen, like where um, I guess it's like where Notification Center used to be back in the day. Um, and I yeah, I've got a few widgets over there just to kind of play around with them. I'm not really using them for anything yet, but. But yeah, I'm actually kind of finding that like instead of making my home screen busier and more complicated, I'm finding that I actually just like it to be really simple. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is difficult or th this is weird because there's been kind of like a parallel thing to this, which is iOS 14 now has widget support and you either get the one thing that spans like it's either like a, a four a four by two grid or like a two by two grid. Those are the widget sizes, right? Exactly. Yep. So they announced that and widgets are very similar to like whenever notification center came out and like the today view, I think it was like iOS eight. They allowed people to make little like mini widgets. I don't know if that's what they called them, but um, in that little thing where you slide off to the left, uh, like negative one home screens. And then you've got the, that little section over there. And then they, they basically just, the widgets on the home screen aren't really new. It's just now that they have like prime real estate on iPhones now that they're getting more attention from developers. But most, most apps had a pretty mediocre widget already available in case you were somebody who used that. And most of them weren't good, but I do have a few that I like. I like having the little battery um, status thing. The uh, Logitech Harmony has a really good one uh, just for like, just, just if you want to quickly power off the TV or launch a specific activity that works out well. But I mean, it's, it's not an entirely new concept, but the thing with iOS 14 is it now has a much bigger stage because you could now customize your home screen in a way where it's not just that sea of uh, consecutive icons, which it has been forever, which I mean, it, it's, it's interesting. So the part with this is that I'm, like struggling with is like have you seen the ones have you heard of uh, an app called widget smith and have you seen some of the more creative home screens i have and i i so i had seen widget smith early on like right when ios 14 came out and didn't 
like read a ton into it. I just I thought that it offered you a little bit more customization with with widgets, and I thought, oh, okay, yeah, if you were somebody who was really into these, that's neat. Did not realize until I also I guess until this most recent episode of Upgrade that like no, like you can basically like go as far as making your iPhone look like Windows 95 with this thing, which is kind of, I mean, it's neat, but it's not for me, but, but I mean, power to people who want to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with that, I mean, I'm not, as, as I've gotten older, I've, I've, I'm trying to be less judgy and not, not yuck people's yums. Um, but like, this is, it, the, I feel like a lot of this more extreme home screen redesigning or reskinning is kind of like it's like a rebellious teenager a little bit like where there's like well like I haven't had freedom so now I just want I just want to go I just want to go ape on it or just like just go absolutely nuts and like I I don't know like I I think a lot of these like I guess a lot of these are super super ugly and I kind of secretly feel like. You, this is why we will never have custom watch faces just because like there would be like if you look at like what android is like and when they and they've had widgets forever and they never really nurtured them so widgets have always been kind of like just like this kind of hodgepodge and just kind of like gross weird thing that was never any good but like you've been able to skin android and do all kinds of custom launchers and weird stuff like that and they've always looked kind of like a little bit tacky but like i feel i don't know like i want people to be happy and i want people to be able to express them or like it's cool that people want to express themselves on the device that they use most, but a lot of this is just so not good. I don't know, but I just don't have to do it, but it just, it's, oh, I, I, I imagine it will die down and it'll be less obnoxious, but there's some really ugly iPhones floating around on Twitter. <laughs> I want people to be happy. This, this year is a, a goddamn garbage fire. And I want people to, if making your phone look like, uh, Adventure Time or Windows 311 for work groups or like a Jackson Pollock painting. Like, just be happy. I don't know. Do what you want to do, but most of these are super ugly. No, I think um, oh, the other thing I was just thinking about is like over the last few years, I think we've gotten two things that are super duper un-Apple-like, which are shortcuts and now like widgets, but then also and kind of more specifically just this whole new world of customization that widgets offers. So I think there needs to be an asterisk on that, which is that I don't think, I think Apple currently probably really hates underscore right now because this isn't what that was meant to be. Like, I, I don't think Apple envisioned or wanted anything like this to look like this. Like, because if, if you dig deeper into how this actually works, like if you look at that, windows 98 one that the verge has as their example basically what that means is that if somebody wants to spend it takes hours to do this because you have to create a custom shortcut for every single app and you then you're you're creating like that the thing that looks like internet explorer that's on your iphone is a shortcut with a custom icon to a shortcut that opens up safari that you well, made. first it opens the shortcut app and then it mm -hmm. opens Safari. Yeah. So, but phones are fast enough where it does like the flippy flip, like real, real fast. But like, it's not that app, like Apple has intentionally created so much customization. And honestly, like, again, selfishly kind of don't want, I like if they somehow made this more restrictive or walked this back a bit, like I would not fault them at all. Cause like this, this doesn't help anybody. And also like just for like usability, like 
this this is a huge hack and it's not good like functionally but like i assume it makes app switching a mess and i don't know but like so this this isn't so i I take your point of where um shortcuts was kind of a interesting thing where there's kind of that will they won't they thing where is this an app that's going to get banned from the store or are they going to use some weird obscure app store rule like this is back when app store controversies were not about them just trying to rent seek and just skim their money off businesses that have nothing to do with them it was more about like how can we just make a really narrow lane for what we think belongs on the app store and then it turns out that the workflow app that was the predecessor to shortcuts was acquired by apple and kind of rolled out as an entirely blessed feature as part of ios 12 i think so i think this one is like i it's current manifestation at the extremes is i think maybe not what they intended but it is kind of interesting that they have embraced widgets in a more than half-assed way. I mean, because the, cause the I, I, like iPhone home screen has been, other than the fact that like in iOS 3 or something, they allow you to have a, a wallpaper that was something other than just black. Um, but otherwise, it stayed pretty much exactly the same. Like, yeah. I also really like in this Verge article, which will be in the notes, the person who oh, is using... Puff. Oh, and I saw that, but then also the one that's using all the iOS 6 icons. Oh, <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty good. Kind of do want that Instagram icon back. That, that's that. That's a good one. Oh, can you... I don't have a link to it, but can you put a link in the show notes where uh, this was highlighted by Casey Newton and uh, uh, Tech Jojo on Twitter, but somebody took all this time to make app icons that featured the image of their CEO Oh, that one was really and good. Yeah. Where it's, was it's, that? it's good. Um, so I think I think I sent it yesterday in Slack. But oh yeah, here we go. Yeah, that'll be in the notes. And then, but the reason why it's fun, like I'm mean, sure it's it was a, probably a fun time for somebody to waste two hours doing this. But at the very bottom, there is the phone, mail, and Safari icons, and they have um, Tim spread across three icons, and it's very. That, that's my that's my favorite part that's really good well yeah because he's because he's doing the the thing that lebron does whenever he takes the court <laughs> and he, except he's not uh throwing up flower or what's what's the thing where he's deep like uh lebron claps the chalk yeah uh-huh. is that what it's called yeah 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 okay well lebron's not a gymnast <laughs> um okay anyway do we have anything oh sorry this was i think we we re we reorganized the the stack a little bit so let's let's compress the stack uh yeah so that, watch that, that, that's, that's kind of, yeah that's, that's all i've got on watch yeah. or on um ios 14 rather so then so with watch os 7 so i installed that right away um definitely had the battery issues that many others have described where granted the battery on my series 5 watch was was not very good to begin with and had had definitely shown signs of getting worse in the last couple of months but i I was able to still like very comfortably get through the day without without a problem but as soon as i installed watch os 7 i like totally could not like um you know i'm also i've also been trying the sleep tracking stuff which we'll get to in a second but that that doesn't actually use very much battery so that that wasn't the issue but i was like i was having to charge my watch like at least twice a day to get through the day um and you know i knew that you know my my watch series six was shortly 
going to arrive. So I, I didn't want to do the thing that Jason Snell recommended around like unpairing your watch and repairing it. Cause I guess that's been like a, a fix that's worked for some. Um, so, um, I set up my series six watch yesterday and battery on that has seemed to be really good. Like I've, I've, I, I'm, I'm back now to just charging it once a day and um because i've been using the sleep tracking stuff it's not even like overnight it's just i charge it for a while first thing in the morning and then it's it's basically good to go and i'm i'm at like what am i at now i'm at like 35 percent still right now so so yeah i don't i don't know what's going on with that um but that seems to be kind of a kind of a thing with watch os 7 um and then the sleep tracking stuff, which I just mentioned a second ago, I've been kind of playing around with that. It's it's super basic. I mean, people have kind of pointed that out since the very first betas this summer. It doesn't really provide you with like a ton of in- information around like sleep cycles or like when you were, you know, sleeping your best or whatever. But I don't think I really need any of that. And the the way that it sort of just seamlessly works without you really having to do anything or run any third party app, it's yeah, I mean it's 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 seamless, which is which is really nice. And so I've I've finally retired. I had a um like a Withings sleep tracker thing that I've had God forever for like four or five years at least was that was that something that you wore or was that the one that you like put underneath your pillow it's something that you wore okay it was it it also did some like fitness tracking and stuff but i don't i only ever used it for sleep tracking god doesn't ask if it was was for sleep tracking would should like unless you're running in your sleep like a dog (laughs) um Uh, so I, i i have now finally retired that thing and and now just wearing my Apple Watch to bed. So that's kind of cool. So with that, uh, like, does it charge fast enough where, like, just getting ready in the morning and showering in, like, the 30 minutes? So that that's another feature of the Apple Watch Series 6 is that it charges faster. Like, this was actually, like, a called-out feature, I, I think, during the, the presentation, or at, at least it was on a slide or something. Um, yeah, it charges faster now. I don't know how, but, um, so yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I just set this up yesterday, so I've only had like, you know, a day and a half so far, but I, you know, took it out of the box. I actually didn't pay attention to how charged it was when I first got it, but I, but I didn't charge it at all yesterday. Went to bed last night, threw it on the charger for maybe 45 minutes this morning and like I said, I'm still at like 35%. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it seems, seems solid. Does Watch um, 7 have anything else in it that was of note? It's, it's, it's quite a bit faster across the board. Like, so, uh, you w- know, I, with that, did, did they, cause, cause I know people were talking about in the, that in the betas and it sounds like that it's not actually the processor in most of this. It seems like they have dramatically reduce the like the duration of animations that's that's what it is so it feels super snappy now because it's it's not just before like if you hit like the little thing to bring up like your recent apps like the animation was just not due to like lag it was just the animation took literally half a second yeah that that's totally what it is like the the apple watch series 6 is supposedly 
20 or 25 percent faster than the series 5 like I, I can't say i've noticed that in in my first day and a half but like what i did immediately notice when i installed watch os 7 on my series 5 watch was just how much faster it felt than watch os 6 and yeah it, it totally is just a reduction in some of the animations which is which is a simple thing but is really nice because the watch the watch is slow it's always been slow it's gotten better but it's still slow and so anything apple can do to make it at least seem not quite as slow is is a good change mm -hmm. and then there's the hand washing stuff um it's off by default i turned it on because i was just curious and it i don't know it it sort of kind of works um it the, the the it's kind of hard to because it, it you know it just uses the haptic feedback and you know like as you're washing your hands like it's it's easy to miss that haptic feedback um so there's that the i don't know the animations like i mean not to not to belittle your photoshop skills carlos but like the animations seem like something that like you probably could have done it's whoa 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 wait oh you mean for the hand wash like oh like the like it does it have like bubbles or something yeah or? like it, it just seems incredibly half-assed whoa, whoa whoa but so my baseline's half-assed well i mean you're you're no you're not a photoshop expert i am i'm a regular darth <laughs> i have the full creative cloud and everything jeez uh, rough rough crowd sorry, sorry. no it's fine um because you no know, i remember in the keynote like i was like one, like one also i was like this this is not that it's a dumb feature but i was like Will this still be relevant by the time the watch ships? And luckily for them, they've they've got forty fives crushing it. Where the, he, I don't know if that was a pain. <laughs> he he made sure that stuck around where that that's still necessary. But I was like, yeah, is this actually that useful? And then there were all the jokes about, oh, what else is it like? And it, it, we're not gonna get, but it just meh. Like it seems like a, a gimmicky features the wrong one because because I, I assume whoever invented it will like or whoever pushed for that to be introduced like it that that their heart was in the right place but it feels like not really that useful a feature i don't know and also that we've now found that a lot of this is not necessarily i mean it's still kind of hey don't touch your face wear a mask wash your hands but it feels like surface contact and all that kind of stuff as we've learned more about stuff is far less of um a thing yeah. versus just if if there was a way to have the apple watch just punch you in the face if you aren't wearing a mask outside then <laughs> now that would be a revolutionary feature that tim could charge well he, if he, he could make it the, so that you get charged money if you don't wear a mask because i've got all those credit cards on file uh but there, there's there's lots of there's lots of little cases where it really kind of falls on its face so one is that when you're washing the dishes it thinks you're trying to wash your hands and it it, it gets very confused by that there are also plenty of little instances, like, especially when, you know, I'm just at home all day, every day, like, I don't know, like, if I, if I'm eating or something, and I, you know, have just like a little sticky, I don't know, whatever on my hand, like, I'll just, you know, I, I just quickly need to, like, rinse my hands, like, I don't need to, like, do, a, be like, a full scrub down, like, when I get home or something, <laughs> it, like, yells at me for not washing my hands long enough, I'm just like, oh, all right, fine. So it's, you know, I, I've, I've left it on. I'll probably leave it on for like another day or two and then get sick of it. But, um, well, and everybody was mentioning that it, that it's a battery, like when, when people were trying to like, uh, remote, uh, diagnose Jason's poor battery life on his watch, like one of the common responses was, do you have the hand washing thing turned on? So apparently it's a battery drain. 
I don't know. Uh, maybe. I mean, again, like battery life seems really good with, with this new watch and I have it turned on. So hard, hard to say. Um, so then I guess the other thing to, to mention is that I, I got one of these, um, solo loops. So that's the sport band, but with no clasp, like it's, it's the floral elastomer, uh, that Johnny talked about so much, but, but continue. There's, so there's, there's two of them. So there, there's that one, which looks like the sport band. And there's another one that's the braided solo loop, which is a hundred bucks. It's 50 bucks more than the sport band looking one which is it's it's actually it's kind of funny because i i kind of just well maybe we'll get to this in a second like the the ordering process for the series six is is a little confusing and and you know because i hadn't watched the full presentation i i I did actually didn't even see the braided solo loop and I kind of saw it after I had already bought my watch and, and I, I went back and looked at it and I'm like, oh, that's, that's like kind of cool. I don't have anything quite like that. And I saw it was a hundred bucks and I went, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, I'm not, not going to spend another 50 bucks on that thing. So we, we, we talked last week that, you know, there's kind of this weird sizing thing that you have to do. And, um, I know with mine, I like, I, I think I basically got the right size. I, I, probably could have gotten the size that was one increment down because this band it fits a teeny bit looser than like my regular sport band does not like in a deal-breaking way but i I bet that if i was in an apple store like during normal times and i was given the chance to like try these on i probably i ordered a size six i probably would have gone with a size five but whatever yeah yeah um, do you have anything else on the bands or can we talk about ordering? Um, I guess, I mean, the last thing with the band is I, I had the same experience that a lot of other people did. And I mentioned to you offline online, where when you take it out of the box, you, your first thought is like, oh no, this is way too small. Like this is, this is not, this is not going to fit, but then it totally does. It's super stretchy and it, it, in my case, it's almost a little bit too big. Um, yeah, kind of a weird band. I it's not, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a band I wear all the time i am actually thinking it might be the band that i if i if i assuming that i continue to wear my apple watch as my sleep tracker it's actually the band i might wear to bed because it is it's super super comfortable it has a different feel than the standard sport loop or sport band yeah i'd say it's more comfortable than that yeah Hmm. it seems like it's more like it, it the the poly lastomer whatever it's called is is a little bit softer than the sport band is uh-huh. um and just you know because it doesn't have the has the clasp on the back it's just i don't know it's just it's got a kind of a smoother feel to it it's it's nice it gives me like big uh big like live strong bracelet vibes well that's that's what i'm yeah visually that's the other thing is i just this this isn't this isn't a band i'd wear i mean not that i'm really going anywhere these days but like assuming we're ever able to like go out again like this isn't a band i'd be wearing out to a restaurant or something mm-hmm. so yeah it might, it might be the band i i wear to bed because it's comfortable um, so with the ordering process, I have one thing that I was, that I, that I went on a little experiment to try to order one. Like I, I'm not going to buy one. I don't want one, but I, w- people were talking about changes in the colors and, uh, the materials and the finishes and the colors available therein. 
So I am somebody who generally gets the space black stainless steel, and apparently that has been discontinued this generation, uh, where you can only get space black, but if you buy the Hermes watch. And I am not I'm not looking to obtain a uh, doublatour as as um, Phil says, but like. I don't know how you ordered yours, but just like I wanted to just see like, hey, what what is blue available in just the sport or can you get it with the Nike or is it a blue stainless steel or what or what colors does the stainless steel come in? And the, looking at like what watches are available and what in the Apple store app is really confusing and not good. Like it, it is almost like there's no... Like, I know this is maybe, like, less whimsical or, or fun for discovery of different combos, but, like, I was just looking for the thing that's kind of like when you're buying an iPhone, where you say, hey, I want the 11 Pro, I want Space Gray, 256, for Verizon, order. Like, there's no way, as far as I can tell, to get to a thing that says, hey, I want stainless steel, I want the bright, shiny silver, the 44, and go from there. It just shows you, like, just endless scrolling of just random watches paired with random watch bands where it's really difficult to tell what's available and what i don't know this guy that seems weird no i mean you're you're totally right in that um there's no way to filter it's well, just uh, you, you so you're just let me let me give some real-time follow-up on that because like after i sent that there actually is a button where you can filter it but there's no way to build it like, like you can say, I want to only look at Apple Watch. Uh, well, that's the part that doesn't make sense. Where it, like because it used to be called Apple Watch Sport, but apparently it's not called that anymore. And usually, the stainless steel one that I get is just called Apple Watch, but it's not that anymore either. Like this Apple oh, that's, Watch. That's right. I forgot they did that. So it, like it just it's it's hard to tell. Like it just feels like there should be a builder for it. Especially since, as people have had maybe some sizing issues with the band, one kind of weird legacy retail or like CTO system uh, impairment is that you have to return or exchange the entire Apple Watch if you ordered the wrong band size. I don't know. So it's it's, uh, like, so those are two entirely. unrelated things but like it just feels like the ordering process is kind of funky well it's so i i get why they force you to buy a band when you buy a new watch like i i wish they wouldn't i get why they do that but the way they package it together is dumb because a couple of years ago they they used to come in a in a single box Mm -hmm. but now you have that little origami thingy exactly so they they've split the the watch and the band into separate boxes inside of this bigger box and it just it just seems like it'd be better for everybody if they just literally just shipped you two boxes because then if there's an issue with the band you can just address that. Yeah, I mean cuz that that does make sense but I mean here's where it breaks down or why I don't think it is that way because what would make sense is like hey they would have like hey there's here's this Apple part number for the 55 millimeter series 6 shiny stainless steel. And then on your receipt, it would then have the SKU for the band, and it would say it's $0 or whatever. Or it would have a way to compartmentalize those things where you could easily exchange it. But when you're sending that out to Target and Best Buy and carrier stores and that kind of stuff, there's not really a way for them to... Like, they're not processing band exchanges. Like, that's why why should they be saddled with that type of thing? So I, I feel like that's why the 40-millimeter rose gold sport model or whatever it's called now 
like has one particular part number and those are a combo deal even though the products technically feel like they could be so easily separated so i get why but because like nobody would ever have ordered a sport band and found like this is too this is too small just because literally like with like the little like pin thingy like there's just like there's a small to medium size band and then there's the medium to large one and then you also have like eight dots on each one where it's impossible to get the wrong size but now if you're having somebody pick where like i'm buying this a gift and i'm gonna oh well, let me let me estimate what my wife's wrist size is for this birthday gift like those those things are now going to be like an instant return and that's just, that just kind of it feels like if there was a direct order from apple there should have been like a better system but i i understand why they don't because every product sold at a different retailer that's not feasible with at all like apple doesn't give good enough margins for best buy to put up with that nonsense so so also some real-time follow-up i guess on apple's website here when you go to buy Apple Watch, they have this thing called Apple Watch Studio. Is that what you were talking about? This is different, I think. Is th- this you? You can actually basically build a watch. So I can... don't think that's available in the iOS app because that's where I was mm-hmm. looking, and there was basically I'm like, hey, like let me just tap buy on the Apple Watch, and it's just a thing that says like here's 41 matches, and it's just showing me random watches. I'm like, I don't, I don't want this. And then I found that filter thing, which still doesn't really get what you get you what you want. But I mean, either way, I don't want one, so it's okay. But yeah, this um, this does this does exactly what you want it to do, which is you specify you actually even specify the size watch. I'm not really even sure. Why. Oh, I guess actually certain bands are only available at certain sizes. Maybe that's why you specify the size of watch, the the type of watch you want, the color of the watch. And then the type of band and the color of the band. And you, you get to bring that all together. Got it. So in my defense, or to my knowledge, I do not think this is available in the iOS app. But this, Got it. this actually, it's still, I don't think this is clear enough. Um, no, it's not. I because agree. like, because like, I just want to quickly see, because also that's the one thing I forgot where, sure, there's the Hermes, or sorry, the, uh, nope, I pronounced it properly, the Hermes version. But there's also now titanium in addition to stainless steel. And Space Black, the one that I like, is only available in titanium. But Space Black in titanium is basically Space Gray. Like, I don't know, man. This is another reason where, where like, I'm totally satisfied with the Series 5. Like, I don't... It doesn't feel like there's enough differentiation in between titanium and stainless steel for, one, there to be an extra $100 premium on titanium, and also for the colors not to be terribly different. Isn't that new graphite color on stainless steel? Isn't that really nice, though? I have i do not go to stores um for fun anymore so i have no idea just because i feel like a lot of this is going to depend on the light um and let me get uh to kind of round out the watch talk what are your thoughts on the colors for this mainly for the sport or the whatever the 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 um the the de facto like aluminum one red red and blue do you think it's do you think it's fun or do you think most of like i think i think it's super fun i think Apple did this with the the new iPad. Is it the iPad or the iPad Air that they came out with all the colors? The Air, the Air. Like that stuff is super fun. Like they they should totally do more of that, especially with the iPhone and even with like the Mac. Like it's it's dumb with like the iPhone that all the fun colors are only available on in the entry level one. 
yeah, like that's stupid. Like come out with all the cool colors even on your top end phone. I I I don't know why they don't do that. So I'm I'm going to disagree slightly. Like I I don't think this is bad, but I do think the watch is it's nice that you could get kind of like just no matter what, like kind of a neutral color and spice it up with a band. I feel like if you're getting a blue or a bright red watch, like that, it's difficult for that to ever be muted for a different occasion. Like you can't really like if, if you have a space gray Apple watch and you want to put on like a link bracelet, like it can be very easily or relatively easily adapted for a more formal setting where if you've got like a shiny red or blue Apple watch, it's less so, but I mean, but again, more, more fun. Like I, I this this is it's a neat development and i wish the high-end iphones came in colors yeah i mean the, the 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 blue and the red are like totally not for me but i mean not that i'm some bastion of style or anything but like they're just you know they, they, that would not be my look but for some it would be and I, that's cool that it's out there sure so you just sent me a screenshot in slack what, what am i looking at here well, so this is this is an example of like what you can do with this oh, Apple yeah. Watch Studio. Yeah. So, so um, I, yeah, I went I went in there and looked, and yeah, so I was able to build this. Well, and and this is this is this is kind of so I have the as I always get the the space gray aluminum watch, and I, I'm I'm eyeing this this leather link band that they came out with. It's like it's it's a hundred bucks. So this doesn't make sense to me because isn't the Apple Watch forty four millimeter? Oh, this is for the non-cellular version. I'm like, because how is this so cheap? Because normally Apple makes the oh the... well, so that that's the other yeah that's the that's the other oh, thing. Oh yeah, because in that conf- in the in the studio thing, it never gave me an option to choose cellular. No, you 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 only get to that when you get to page two uh, after you're already kind of you're already thinking about it. Yeah, the old switch them up. What what do you what do you think of this style? You like this? I so I have two of the previous uh, leather magnet watch bands. Um. And I like them. Um, you like you like this color combo. I kind of the brown and the black are kind of no, nice. I don't. I don't like the 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 brown mostly because again, this goes to a hand washing thing. Leather looks weird if it's recently like if it just got wet from washing hands, mm. and you have that like fifteen minute window while it's drying, and you have like just like this half like soaked like brown leather. <laughs> like it, it's not a good look. And actually, can I a quick sidebar? Uh, right before the pandemic, or right before all the shutdowns and stuff, I think this was like the first week of March. I was like, you know what? I I want kind of like a nice new iPhone 11 Pro case, and I went and bought the um, the uh, the forest green leather case. Nice, yeah. And I have used it twice because uh, it's I can't really disinfect leather that easily, so um, I don't use that. And I now have just like this crappy uh, clear plastic case on mine. Because, like, it feels like leather is going to pick up more germs that it's very difficult to wipe down if, like, somebody else touches your phone or something. So, yeah, so I, that, that leather case was the shortest-lived purchase I've ever had. So, hand-washing hand concerns aside, do you, do you like this look? I'm, I'm looking for validation here. The, uh, with the, the color or the uh, magnetic, like, the redesign of the magnetic loop thing? Like, loop. The, the, like the, the color combination with the, the brown and the black. Uh, I, not, I, not, not your favorite it's because um the the saddle brown leather case for iphones is very very common and i don't like that version and it doesn't look mm. like this is the exact shade but i have in my head very like clearly imprinted so many like uh unevenly worn 
like uh, coming apart from the seams, like saddle brown <laughs> leather cases. Like Marco has talked about this, where he has like rebought the same like orange version of that Apple leather case because they they don't have that great a lifespan. So I don't know. Like I mean, so wait, sorry, did you buy this, or are you still considering buying this as a separate watch band? I, I'm considering buying this as a separate watch band. I mean, these things it's are they're... only a hundred. It's a hundred. It's super back ordered. It's like not out until November. So which is why I'm I'm not like in a super big hurry to to buy it. As long as you promise you're not going to subscribe to Apple TV Plus, I I will give you the go ahead on this purchase. <laughs> they do also sell a black version of it, but it's kind of it's kind of boring. Does this does this come in spicy orange or whatever they call it, whatever their version it of? It comes in um, California poppy. Okay, which is kind I, of a I appreciate the Golden State pride. It's kind of an orangish yellow color, I would describe it. Mm-hmm. And it comes in a it comes in a blue color too, which is actually kind of nice, Baltic blue. <laughs> like um, but I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I don't I don't have a brown band, so it'd be something different. Yeah. All right, I think we have a few other things to talk about. Do you have anything else on the watch? Uh the only thing, the only other band related thing is that with the solo loop that I got. So I, of course, got the the new um, green color that they came out, which they call Cypress Green. And it's really, really nice. I like it a lot. It's it's nicer than the green they had last year, which... Is it a deep green or is it like a forest it's, green? It's, 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 a, it's a darker green. So the green last year was a, was a little bit lighter. It was, I think it was called like pine green or something. This is this is a much darker green. Um, I like it so much that I'm thinking that I might get a, a sport band because they the sport band they sell in the exact same color. It's it's really nice because it almost looks black at first, but then it you look a little closer and it's green. I, I like that a lot. It's kind of, it's kind of like the green on the iPhone. Hmm. And a missed opportunity where if Disney had released uh, that that movie two years later, that there could have been like a special um, uh, edition crossover with the Star Wars for the solo loop. <laughs> All right. Um, actually, on that note, is there going to be a Star Wars movie this year? Because they were they were releasing them every nine to 12 months. No, the, the next Star Wars movie was going to come out in 2022 and... Disney pushed their entire lineup back a year, you know, because theaters aren't really a thing right now. So, well, and also Star Wars fatigue. Yeah, a little bit of that too. Mm -hmm. Although Mandalorian season two is out next month, very excited about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let me know. Let me know when you get that. uh, The child Amazon Echo. I want that so bad. No, (sighs) the the lady friend would not allow that. Good. And also, you got to get an Echo Spot for the bedroom. Can't have an Echo Dot. Come on. All right. Um, okay, I think that's it for the Apple stuff. So overall, I so I still haven't upgraded. What's your um, your uh, review on stability of iOS fourteen and WatchOS seven? Anything or seems fine? They seem fine. Yeah. And it, all the, I mean, all the critical stuff, which because I'm not really leaving the house much. Um. I mean, I guess like the two critical apps at this point are my August smart lock and my Tesla because my phone is my key and those those work. So all as well. Well, with that. Oh, look at that. That's like we're professionals. Uh, Tesla is reintroducing 
uh, the middle ground, like uh, in in product marketing, you always want to have good, better, best. And Tesla apparently is backing down from uh, acceptable and a lie about future self-driving. So they're reintroducing enhanced autopilot, which was kind of, is, is I'm assuming it's four thousand dollars. Like it's in between the two. What is the pricing on this one? Yeah, so this this is four thousand dollars. So it's basically back to how things like they just reversed the decision they made like a year ago. Yeah, I think it was even longer ago at this point. Uh, but but yeah, so so at the time that I bought my Model Three a couple years ago, yeah, there was autopilot, which. Um, Basically, was just their you know lane centering and, and cruise control there, but then they also offered enhanced autopilot, which same thing, um, adaptive speed speed control, lane centering, but then they also promised um, navigate on autopilot, which does some additional things when you're on the freeway, like automatically changing lanes to get around slower cars. And to automatically transition from one one freeway to another, um, it also does like auto parks, like parallel parking on its own, and then um, summon and smart summon. And so, at the time that I got my Model Three, I did opt for the the enhanced autopilot package. Um, in retrospect, eh, I don't know. I'm not really sure how much value I got out of that, but um that's what i have um and then sometime after i got my model 3 they eliminated that option and only made basic autopilot available and full self driving and the basic autopilot actually started to become just standard um with every vehicle so it wasn't even something you had to buy separately anymore and so now they've um <laughs> temporarily brought back enhanced autopilot it, it's only through the end of this month that it's going to be available in, in terms of the features the part that i like about this is uh, enhanced autopilot feels like it gives you everything you want because the only feature it gives you is well so there's two features you get if you pay double the price which is auto steer on city streets which is a completely vaporware it, it made up feature and the traffic light and stop sign control which uh almost all reviews specify is almost more dangerous than it not existing so enhanced autopilot seems like a great deal right now. Well, but it, but it's not. Is kind of what I'm saying. Oh, like, you're, you're saying there's very little on top of what just the free autopilot gives you. Correct. So the the four things that you get with enhanced autopilot: navigate on autopilot, auto lane change, which I I thought auto lane change was just part of navigate on autopilot, but anyway, they listed as two separate features here: auto park and summon. All four of those features work so so i would say not worth four thousand like if you're somebody with a current tesla vehicle that you've purchased after they took away the option of getting enhanced autopilot and you're now presented with the option of spending four thousand dollars to upgrade to it i would i would pretty strongly discourage someone from doing that i'm not sure there's four thousand dollars of value there gotcha and i just repaste it into the notes if you can throw it in the show notes um we talked about it last week, but Consumer Reports actually did do a rundown on basically every feature that's in that package of explaining how useful it is and how reliable it is. Right, because at the time Consumer Reports did that, those four bullet points under Enhanced Autopilot 
were only available if you opted to go for the full self-driving package, Correct. which again now is what they're splitting out. The, the other kind of interesting um, split here too is that these features that are listed under enhanced autopilot are all of the features that a Tesla vehicle is capable of running with um, autopilot hardware version two which is what every Tesla vehicle made between like, I think the end of 2017 through like, I think maybe early 2019, every vehicle made within that time frame, which, which includes my model three came with autopilot hardware version two. And then at some point in 2019, they rolled out autopilot hardware version three, which is, which is what's required to do, the traffic light um, stop and go thing and supposedly eventually the auto steer on city streets. So if if you're someone who buys the full self-driving package, who has a car like mine that's got the older autopilot hardware, you actually are granted an option in the Tesla app to schedule a service appointment to bring your car in and have them replace your, your autopilot hardware. So... That's the other kind of <laughs> crazy thing about, or kind of not crazy, kind of kind of scammy thing really about this enhanced autopilot thing is that it's a total end of quarter cash grab where it, it's just a, it's a total software thing. It's, it's just adding software features to what cars are already capable of without doing any kind of hardware swap well i mean I, like i would actually and i'm generally extremely critical of tesla that actually i mean that doesn't that is not anything new in this economy which of just charging more for access to stuff that Fair. already exists which Fair. is just bits um and the only other thing that i will put in here is that there was an article in uh TechCrunch earlier today where um tesla has sued the trump administration based off of china uh tariffs on china which i think china pays not the u.s consumer um where they're taxing, allegedly taxing the brain of Tesla vehicles, where I guess they're objecting to 25% being levied on the imported uh, computer or whatever that makes that work. So maybe that's part of it. Because, yeah, I, I had heard the thing of the Model 3 shipping with old stuff, but there's kind of that, hey, let's give you a rain check on swapping it out. So maybe is there probably something in the fine print where they're just like, now that they're reintroducing this feature that that standing offer to swap out the guts is no longer valid well n well no so God, this, all, this all gets so confusing i mean i guess I'm, I'm, so if you if you bought a model 3 right now and you you opted for enhanced autopilot do do you still have the option like is that going to come with version 3 or version 2 it does yeah so every every tesla car made since whatever that cutover was in 2019 comes with hardware version three just from the get-go oh so it was only like in the rushed holiday quarter before tax incentives expired that they were putting the old stuff in right got yeah. it yeah um so yeah and then the other the other link that we'll put in the notes is that um that there's sort of like you know sort of like what steve trotton smith and some other folks do with whenever there's like a new ios beta and they like they, they dig through it and like find all the secret new features that are about to come. People do that with with Tesla as well. And so one of the things that people have started finding is that it looks like they are 
preparing to offer full self-driving as a subscription, which which Tim Cook would be very, very um, impressed by, <laughs> where instead of paying the $8,000 or whatever it is now to, to opt into the full self-driving package, you'll be able to... Get the layaway plan. <laughs> subscribe to it. Yeah, it's still kind of TBD as to whether it ends up basically being a financing plan like if you're if you're mm-hmm. renting to own or if it's literally just a subscription we'll 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 see how that goes how much is it is this the only subscription that's actually more than creative cloud <laughs> they have not they have not confirmed um any price because I mean, if it's because if it's eight thousand dollars and we assume the useful life of the car is going to be like six years so it'd be a hundred dollars a month 111 yeah it's, it's it's hard to say um and it's also um this electric article that we'll put in the notes also um, brings up kind of an interesting point around um, sort of like if you're someone like me who has a car with older autopilot hardware, like am I even going to be eligible to to go this subscription route in order to to get the new hardware put in my car for free? I don't know. It's kind of a again, it's kind of a mess. When you got yours, what was the proposition? Was it that hey, you can pay the incremental four thousand to get the full thing, or do you have to pay the eight thousand all over again? Well, no. So, I, because I'm an enhanced autopilot owner, my option to upgrade to full self driving takes into account the amount I've already paid for enhanced autopilot. Oh, so then there's there's no reason to have paid for the good one. Why would that? Hmm. Oh no, no, I mean not at all. I mean other than the fact that the price of full self driving has gone up in the time. Oh, since was it I only was my... it only like six when you had yours? Ex- ex- exactly. Got yeah. it. Eh, well, I mean <laughs> you haven't paid for a feature that will not materialize, so I mean, yeah, that's uh, so, golf club yeah, to you. Exactly. But again, I mean in, in you know, in retrospect, even even the enhanced autopilot, like eh, I probably could have gotten away with just going with base basic autopilot but you know hey all right you want to do some real quick hits uh yeah let's do it all right microsoft has bought the town of bethesda maryland for seven and a half billion dollars didn't know you could do that so what do they, what do they make i know it's a game studio but what what game that i may have heard of does bethesda make because i know bungie is the one that makes halo um you ever heard of elder scrolls oblivion that was, that was a really popular game for a long no. time no uh, they, well, they they made that. <laughs> um, okay, that's okay. But it's, so apparently, it's a value. Um, I so, so, they, so they, they don't they don't make uh, Chell two K or whatever. I, I I don't think so. No. Okay. Um, yeah. So anyway, apparently, like I, I feel like, or like I remember hearing some rumblings that people were complain not complaining, but they were saying that Microsoft was in a worse position than Sony because of lack of like top tier games or maybe they don't own enough like they didn't have enough first party exclusive stuff is that is that why this happened or am i making that up no that, that that's totally right like I, especially with this last generation so with with the xbox one and playstation 4 an area that microsoft has just been sort of consistently behind on is compelling first party titles and that's especially with how similar consoles are now like particularly starting with the last generation which has continued on to the current generation or the upcoming generation is they're all on a standard you know x86 um, architecture they're they're 
power-wise, very, very similar. And so really the big thing that differentiates them are um, first-party games, which is increasingly kind of a smaller number of games because economically it usually makes sense for developers to not make their game exclusive for one platform and, and rather make their game available on as many platforms as possible. So these first party titles you know, again have become kind of smaller in number but but can really make a big difference for console sales, right? Like if you're a huge Halo fan, you have to have an Xbox. You know, if you're a big <sighs> MLB the show, God of War fan, I guess, that that's a that's a PlayStation exclusive game. Um or uh, the the Spider-Man game that came out last oh, year, yeah, year that's, before. Oh, yeah, like, that's their big one. Yeah. yeah. Um, you got to go with PlayStation. So I think Microsoft's recognized that they're a bit behind in that. And so, you know, this is a way of trying to to close that gap with Sony a bit. Yeah. Um, and have we already discussed if you've picked who, who you're going to go with on the next go-round of top-tier consoles? Like what I'm gonna buy? Like are are, are one will are you and are you no? Because no, haven't no. you waffled between generations between Microsoft and PlayStation? Um, like I feel like you flipped. Yeah, I, I've I've through through my sort of adult life have have often had both at one point or another. Um, like I had both an Xbox 360 and a PlayStation 3 at one point. Um, I had both an Xbox One and a PlayStation Four at one point, um, so I'm, I haven't really been like, you know, tied to to one platform or the other. Got it. But no, this. I mean, I even like actually when I bought that Xbox One and PlayStation Four last go around, I, I kind of was like, yeah, this is probably like the last time I'm gonna like <laughs> buy these consoles, like right when they come out, and mm -hmm. slash really at all, just because. I figured, you know, gaming consoles as I got older was just not going to be, not really going to be a thing anymore. Mm -hmm. You're still bummed about that gaming PC, aren't you? Um, no, 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 no. I, I actually was it was it that or was it the Oculus that you had? It, it's it's the, the Oculus. Yeah, yeah, the Oculus. Yeah, no, I'm I'm actually like I'm kind of getting the itch to to build another PC. Um, it's just it's just it's such a fun thing to do. Um, but yeah, but we'll see. Well, the I mean, the other big thing is that it the, there's this new version of um, Flight Simulator that came out. Yeah, but the problem last is, month. so I, I've thought about that too. But the problem is, apparently, you need like eighty video cards to make it run at two frames a second. Like it's one of those games that the software is well ahead of the current hardware. Yeah, no, I'm I, I was as a kid, I was super into Flight Simulator. Yeah, um, and so I'm I'm <laughs> I'm well aware of the crazy hardware requirements um that software comes with like I, I remember as a kid saving up and always upgrading my video card and stuff did you have one uh, of those microsoft sidewinder joysticks uh well no i i had a i had a full um yoke and foot pedals wow wow fancy mm -hmm. yeah um so yeah i mean and, you know they haven't come out with a new one of those uh, basically since i was a kid like since i was regularly um playing flight simulator so like the fact that one of these new ones came out recently i was like oh man like that's yeah that's bringing back some memories so i've been i've been kind of i've been kind of thinking about that gotcha 
All right, 1Password is partnering with privacy.com. This one's going to be super quick. Uh, I've actually, I think this may have been a uh, previous chef special, but privacy.com is kind of neat, where if you are ever, uh, you want to make like a dedicated virtual credit card for a service that you maybe think you might get overcharged with, or like if you want to make a purchase from somebody who's like, is maybe not Amazon or like, you know, their website is less reputable. That sounds weird. Um, Like, have you ever found like there's a small store that you want to buy something from, but you're like, they're not using like, like Shopify or something. And you're like, this looks like it's a, e-commerce site from like 2005 i don't know like i don't if, i i'm nervous whenever buying stuff online these days where you can tell like this this looks like it could be made in like front page um so privacy.com is kind of a neat way where you can and also if you ever have like a, a free trial that you want to sign up for that you're nervous that they might pull like a, a new york times where you have to call to cancel uh privacy.com allows you to create disposable virtual credit cards um and apparently they have made a partnership with 1Password where built into 1Password itself, you can generate on-demand um, credit cards that have either a like a one-time use limitation or a certain amount that can be spent per month if you're worried about the card being compromised. But yeah, I mean, it's a cool service and 1Password is, again, my password manager of choice. So I think it's, it's a neat tie-in. I'm not sure um, how much most people would use it, but it's neat. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure how much of a need I have for something like this just in my personal life, but, but I, but it's, yeah, it's, it's totally, it's neat. Yeah. Um, we don't need to get into it, but there was, there's a link maybe throw in the show notes of, uh, the definitive ranking. Yeah. Thank you. Chronicle of Trader Joe's 18 most popular pumpkin items. I was there this afternoon. It feels like there's 115 or 118. <laughs> um, I, I put the pumpkin samosas in my shopping basket and uh, promptly put them back because um, <laughs> I was like, this is going to be bad. I know it says spicy, but it's not, it's going to taste like pumpkin. Oh, actually um, I don't think this made the the cut, but there was a thing in uh, that I put yesterday where uh, D N K N. Um, Cause apparently they, like they brand their cups. Like it's their stock symbol. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, how long ago was this? Scrolling back in the thing. Oh, was this in the Shake Shack thing? No. Oh, well, okay. Well, Shake Shack has a new pumpkin ice cream milkshake. And Duncan has a new pumpkin oat milk based latte. It's very, it's, 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 it's troubling times. And it's, (laughs) it it is, it is a, it's a very, it's a distant second to why I'm looking forward to November. But, um, yeah, pumpkin spice season cannot be gone quickly enough. <laughs> um, all right. You win. We will not talk politics this week. What do we have for chef specials? Oh, so I have to go through the um, usual exercise and find the um, the Amazon link here. Here we go. Let's send you this in the thing. So this is a super um, basic mm. pick but an exceedingly handy pick. So, you know, if you're someone who's plugging in a lot of electronics, you know that many, many power adapters come with these annoying bricks on the end, like the, the part where the, the prongs are that plug into your outlet, mm-hmm. which, which creates some issues, especially if you're plugging multiple things into, you know, a single UPS or surge protector, where you'll get it where the power brick covers like, one or two other um, outlets, which is super annoying. 
So these little um, uh, power extension cables um, are super neat because they will plug into a UPS or a surge protector or just into the wall, whatever. And then there's just a little one foot cable coming out of it, which you can then at the end of that plug your big power brick into so that it's not taking up any space, you know, right on the um, outlet itself. So I've got, I've got a ton of these hooked up to various electronics throughout the house and actually just, just bought another pack recently. Um, So yeah, kind of a, a, boring pick in some ways but super convenient neat yeah th- those are good i've had i've had something similar which used to be called a power squid which was a surge protector that had instead of being like a strip of outlets just had like six dangling like things that looked exactly like this so this seems neat just because you always have that weird thing where the thing that plugs into the wall is just like the world's weirdest shape where they try to get crafty like oh this is ergonomically designed but it also covers up like three adjacent plugs so now that these these look super neat yeah the other thing i have is a i think it's a belkin surge protector that's underneath my tv that the tv and you know apple tv etc are all hooked up to and it, it it's got a thing where some of the outlets on it can actually be like kind of rotated a bit so that yeah. you can you can angle them different ways so that if you do have these bigger power bricks you can kind of angle the plug so that they don't block each other neat all right, so I don't really have one this week, so I will throw in something that's a tentative pick or chef special. But uh, I've been looking for hobbies and things to occupy time that's not just like doom scrolling. Um, and I have I uh, playing around with watercolors, and I found this pick uh, or I found this set on Amazon that is very well reviewed. That's a good starter set. That's not like the absolute bottom of the barrel, but is not the super high end stuff. That I like. Still not sure if it's something that's going to stick, but um, yeah, I'm going to recommend the uh, Kuretake Gansai Tambi. I'm sure, there's a spot on pronunciation, or sorry, pronunciation. Uh, Twelve color set from Amazon. Um, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> well, you you wouldn't be worried if you if you were 100 percent confident you were right. <laughs> um. Anyway, this this is fun. It's neat. Um. Yeah, forty bucks. It's it's forty bucks to uh, not watch MSNBC and cry all day. 